0: Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor, and here with me is my co host Eric. Hello. Today we will be exploring the sinking of the S.S. La Bourgogne, a relatively unknown French ocean liner that sunk in the 19th century. Before we dive in, we must inform you, the story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in a massive loss of life, and a botched evacuation that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Please note, before we begin, that neither Eleanor nor I are mariners, or experts in the field of maritime history. But we have done our research and will present the information as we understand it, and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, there are terms in the French language in which neither of us are fluent, but we will do our best to give accurate pronunciations.
0: Thank you, Derek. Today our story starts in 1885 in the La Seine-sur-Mer, a commune in southeastern France commonly referred to as La Seine. The SS La Bourgogne was ordered by the French shipping line known as Compagnie Generale Transatlantique also commonly referred to as the French line and that is what we will be calling it for the remainder of the episode. In 1885, brothers Emile and Isaac Perrier of the French Line ordered a new ocean liner for transatlantic crossings and postal service. The keel for a beautiful liner was laid by builders Fourier and Chantier de la Mediterranee, and this liner would become the S.S. La Bourgogne.
1: For the next part, we'll be using some terminology that might not be familiar to everyone. For clarity, we'll briefly go over the main parts of a ship. The bow is the very front part of the ship, and the very back end of it is called the stern. The port side is the left, and the starboard is the right. Propellers are sometimes referred to as screws. The hole is the metal sides of the ship. The keel is the very bottom of it, and the superstructure is the top deck, usually made of wood. Smokestacks or funnels are large tunnels on top of the ship used to direct steam and smoke away from the deck masts are large wooden poles on the deck of the ship usually used to hoist sails or hold a crow's nest where crew members can see for miles around the vessel beam is a measurement that refers to the width of the ship
0: thank you derek the ss la brazone was a beautiful large ocean liner for her time she was painted in common colors for the time with a white painted boat deck black and orange hull and two orange smokestacks The superstructure, or the main deck, of the ship was wooden, where the hull, or the main body of the deck, was made of reinforced iron plating, much much like the RMS Titanic. The ship was rigged with four auxiliary sails, as was common for steamships in the 1800s. Passengers felt more secure in an Atlantic crossing if the ship was not only equipped with the latest steam power, but sails as well in case the ship ran out of coal in her coal reserves. She was 494 feet in length from bow, the very front of the ship, to the stern, the very aft end. She had a 52-foot beam, meaning she was 52 feet wide, and was propelled by a single screw or propeller, giving her a max speed of 17 knots around 20 miles per hour. The ship was average for tonnage at the time, weighing in at 7,395 gross registered tons.
1: For comparison's sake, that's roughly half the size of the Titanic. The SS La Bourgogne was slated to be able to carry 390 first class, 65 second class, and 600 third class passengers for a max capacity of 1,055 people. During her final voyage she was manned by Captain Antoine Charles Louis Deloncle and 220 crew members. So we will assume for most voyages she was manned with a similar number of crew. On October 8, 1885, the completed ship was launched from La Seine. There are not many available details about her sea trials, but she must have passed since she moved on to Le Havre for her maiden voyage in 1886. On June 19th of that year, she left Le Havre for a transatlantic crossing to New York City, making the journey in record time for the day, just seven days to cross the pond. After this maiden voyage, La Bourgogne was in first place for the Postal Service run, and thus started an intense rivalry between shipping companies for an equally speedy service. Her astounding reputation began to sour when on February 29, 1896, she ran down and sank the anchored British steamer Aisla of the Atlas Steamship Company. This incident happened at the entrance of the New York Harbor and was not a good look for the French ocean liner.
0: Following this accident, S.S. La Bourgogne was repaired and fitted with quadruple expansion engines and her masts were reduced from 4 to 2, sometime between 1897 and 1898, though dates are unknown. She was involved in one more crash before her sinking, crashing into the stern of the SS Toreador, which sustained heavy stern damage upon impact. Both ships were luckily in dock at Liverpool and neither sank, though the date of when this happened or numbers on injuries or loss of life is unknown. Other than these incidents, La Bourjeune's career was uneventful, and she dutifully carried her passengers between France and New York.
1: Now we come to the fateful morning of the sinking. Just a reminder to our listeners that what you are about to hear details of the sinking of a large vessel and it may be disturbing. Please also note that much of the information we are about to present comes from the crew of the other ship involved in the sinking, due to an attempt to cover up the disaster that we will detail later.
0: To start unpacking this, we will go over some of the details of the final voyage. There were 220 crew on board, as well as 506 passengers, for a total of 726 on board. In the summer of 1898, the ship was in the midst of a routine run between France to New York City, a route undoubtedly similar to that of Titanic's route. In the early mornings of July 4, 1898, the SS La Bourgeon ran into a dense fog around 60 nautical miles off the coast of Sable Island, an island near Nova Scotia, Canada, at full speed despite visibility being estimated at about 20 yards. This is against standard procedure of the time. In dense fog, ships were generally expected to reduce speed, sound their fog horns, and stop if the conditions were too dangerous to continue.
1: Meanwhile, in the waters approaching in the opposite direction, is an iron sailing ship with three masts known as the Cromarty The Cromarty was built in 1879 by Russell & Co. in Port Glasgow's Yard Number 19 for Thomas Law Co. of Glasgow, Scotland. It was 249 feet in length and had a beam of 38 feet weighing in at 1,554 gross registered tons, being half the length and weighing one-seventh of La Bourgeon. On the morning of July 4th, 1898, the Cromartyshire Shire sailed in the dense fog with her foghorn sounding. Captain Oscar Henderson of the Cromartyshire Shire could hear the sound of another ship in the distance, but could not determine which direction the sound was coming from. Remember, this is in 1898 and was far before the radar was available, and Morse code wasn't used on the ships until the following year, and so sight and sound of the crew were the only early warning systems on the ships in 1898.
0: Without proper warning, neither the Cromartie Shire nor La Bourjeune could have stopped what happened next. Around 5 in the morning, both ships emerged to one another from the fog and did not leave enough time for either ship to correct its course. The bow of the Cromartie Shire plowed into the starboard side of La Bourjeune around midships, breaking off the Cromartyshire's bowsprit, or the protruding piece of the bow of a sailing ship, and tearing into the hull of La Brejeune, immediately t- flooding the adjacent compartments and causing a severe list. More than likely, some of the passengers of La Brejeune were killed on impact. Cromartyshire's bow was damaged severely, and the sailing ship assumed they were in danger of sinking as they drifted from the doomed ocean liner into the deep fog and did not turn to help La Brejeune.
1: While Cromody Shire was worried for their own ship, the SS La Bourgogne scrambled in a panic to the lifeboats. Although the officers and captain of SS La Bourgogne stayed at their posts to try to facilitate an escape for the passengers, the other crew members on board, the rapidly sinking liner, began loading themselves into the lifeboats and escaping, leaving behind hundreds of scared passengers to die. Passengers scrambling up from the flooding decks below then had nowhere to go and began jumping into the freezing Atlantic Ocean. Officers on board launched flares into the dark sky and sounded the whistles they called desperately for assistance from any nearby ships. Unfortunately, the crew of the Shire initially assumed the flares and whistling were the SS La Brigeon, offering assistance instead of crying out for help. At 5.30 in the morning, the dense fog began to clear, and the crew of the Shire saw the sinking ocean liner that was in peril.
0: SS La Bourgeon was listening heavily to her port side and going down by the stern, and on deck were hundreds of terrified passengers with nowhere to go. The crew of the Shire, realizing their mistake in their own peril, sprang into action and sent out her own lifeboats to begin assisting passengers in the water. Meanwhile, the crew of the La who had taken lifeboats and left the others to die, were desperately fighting off scared passengers who just wanted a chance to live. These selfish, undisciplined sailors beat passengers with oars and knives to keep them away from the lifeboats instead of helping them. They instead left the job of the rescue to the Cromortyshire. At six in the morning, the SS La Brejeune rolled completely to port and sank by the stern, taking down hundreds of screaming and terrified passengers with her. Moments after the vessel disappeared beneath the waves, the groans of metal roaring underwater, bodies from inside of the ship began to float to the surface, further traumatizing the passengers in the water who were not yet rescued. In total, the Cromarty was able to save less than 70 of the 506 passengers that were on board the S.S. La Bourgogne in the aftermath. The surviving crew of the, of the La Bourgogne, whose terrible actions were not yet known, were also pulled aboard the Cromarty Of the 173 survivors, only one woman survived and every child aboard perished. The captain and all of the officers, except the purser, perished at their posts as the ship sank. In total, 549 people died.
1: Of the passengers lost, some more well known for the time were Turkish wrestler Yusuf Ismail, American instructor and sculptor Emil H. Wirtz, French Orthodox priest Reverend Stepan de Stepanian, his wife, and three kids, the wife and child of George Desliens, and three members of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Of course, every life on board of the S.S. La Bourgogne mattered equally, and no loss was more important than another. But some of these names were quite well known at the time, and outraged many in the general public. No one could believe that such a beautiful liner had sunk, and taken so many beloved members of the community down with it.
0: In the hours after the sinking, the Cromartie Shire was towed into Halifax Harbor in Halifax, Nova Scotia by the Allen Line Royal Mail Steamer SS Grecian. Cromartyshire was able to be repaired in Halifax as it, was, as it dropped off its rescued passengers. Cromartyshire went on to have a rather uneventful career, except a fire in 1901 off Mossel Bay and her eventual destruction on October 24, 1906 after running aground on offshore rocks off the coast of Chile. Now you might be thinking this is the end of our story. However, here's where the controversy comes in. Survivor accounts of the behavior of the crew members of SS La Bourgeon began to come out, and caused so much outrage that these sailors needed police protection upon arriving in New York City. The French government then began covering up details of the sinking, presumably through payoffs and gag orders like any other instances of cover-ups in history. This was much to the chagrin of the angered American public. Many Americans have been on board the La Bergeon, and their families demanded answers as to what happened to their loved ones. Unfortunately for them, or for those of us looking into the sinking, very little is known about the events of the sinking, and not much closure was given. Likely due to the cover-up and rough conditions of the ocean near Nova Scotia, the wreckage has never been located.
1: What we can take away from this tragedy is that most importantly, it is crucial That the crew and passengers aboard a vessel are calm and collected and understand the procedures of an evacuation before disaster strikes. Luckily in modern times every vessel is required to have a lifeboat drill and show passengers to their muster stations before leaving any port and many have daily lifeboat drills to ensure every passenger and crew member knows exactly what to do in case of an emergency. It is also important that every crew member makes a conscious effort to help in an emergency situation, unlike the crew in today's story. Good news is in most cases, crews are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to save the lives of their passengers and fellow crew. Captains and officers are still required to be the last to leave their posts in order to coordinate rescue efforts. The SS Labergeon also existed in a time when the required number of lifeboats was generally less than half of the number of passengers on board. And after the Titanic disaster of 1912, this was rectified for future vessels and voyages.
0: So, what can you do if you find yourself in an emergency situation on a ship? The first step you can take is to look at the schematics and maps of your vessel before boarding. This way, you can see every doorway and every passageway and familiarize yourself with the layout of the vessel. Always pay attention to all safety drills and which muster station you are assigned to, and listen to the crew of the ship. They are trained to help you, and they have the best knowledge of how to get off the ship in the safest way possible. If the ship is in an emergency situation, whatever you do, stay out of the elevators. Elevators can be death traps if the power goes out. Always be sure to wear a life vest, don't worry about items in your cabin, and remain calm. Remember that times are much better than they were back then, and crews are reliable, accountable, and there to help you and ensure your cruise is safe and enjoyable. Thankfully, disasters like the sinking of the SS La Bourgogne are no longer commonplace. In conclusion, the sinking of the SS La Bourgogne goes down in history as one of the most easily forgotten tragedies at sea, despite it being the worst maritime disaster in history until the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. This episode hopes to commemorate the memories of those lost during the tragedy, and to keep their story alive.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel at Speed Force Media. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or another podcast service. Please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. Tune in next Sunday for the story of the sinking of the infamous Shackleton's Endurance that tragically sank during an expedition in Antarctica and whose wreckage was only recently found. Have a great week and we will see you next time.